0: This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya.
1: Monica! Jessica! Hello! Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> do, 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 welcome to 2021 it's already been a fuck show it's already been insane there's been a literal fucking coup <laughs> a at the uh this is what i woke up to what was it like tuesday morning that this yeah, happened yeah. yeah man fuck tuesdays everything in congress happens on fucking tuesdays why do they decide that tuesday is like the day i don't understand Well, that, that. that's precisely why, why they did it to stop both oh my god
0: it was literally the plan. Yes. <laughs> they were, they didn't just like happen to like it's it's not like you just happened to plan your birthday party on the same day that your friend planned their birthday party.
1: No, it was very intentional. Yeah, yeah it was intentional yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch.
0: <laughs> there can only be one party. That
1: you know. two timing hoe. Um <laughs> anyway, welcome to twenty twenty one. If you're still reeling from the literal coup that happened in the Capitol yeah. this past Tuesday, yeah. you know, just like take a bath. You know, watch some films. Don't watch the ones that we're about to share with
0: you. You could watch watch some of them, but uh, they might not be. The best for your mood. Not
1: the best for your but mood. But you know what?
0: You know who is always good for any mood, though? What? I will say. Who? Is the person we're going to talk
1: about this week. And
0: who is that?
1: I have no idea.
0: <sighs> you know, we've been wanting to do her for a long time because she really is an
1: ultimate
0: daddy. Like, oh, yeah. Like, transcending
1: all other space, daddies. Space, time. Know? Um, the other thing that's but, space but we time. Knew we
0: needed to wait until the proper moment to, to give her the you know the honor she deserves so that person is Meryl Streep Meryl what a better way to kick off this pod's uh entrance into the new year than with someone like Meryl
1: Meryl we love her um, she uh she has done everything anything from like academy award-winning performances to yes. literally mama mia you know what it is
0: yeah uh but Monica before we get into Meryl
1: I want to know how has your new year been so far how was your birthday happy belated Thank you, thank you. Um, it it was fine. <laughs> what did you do? Um, I just hung out with Aaron, our sound guy <laughs> who <What> also <laughs> happens to be my husband. <laughs> First he is our sound guy then, then he's, he's a, your husband <laughs> who he asked to be on the website by the I way. Know. so I think by by the time you're listening to this, if he's not on the website, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of just did that. I got some new shoes what kind i got these things called birdies They're supposed to be for people with really like fucked up feet which yeah. is me yeah. i have, like the f- i have feet flatter than like I a also pancake
0: have rather flat feet it's unfortunate it
1: is really unfortunate because i did want to go into the army but here we are <laughs> <laughs> but instead i'm doing this fucking podcast they're gonna turn me away much like <laughs> small skinny steve rogers uh but instead i have flat feet and i'm not small and skinny and like oddly cgi'd onto my own body correct um it's been okay yeah i will say this this year came off to a promising start and then sort of just like teetered off into nothingness well
0: and this is this kind of goes on to something we were discussing a minute ago is that like i I think i know that like the new year is a lot of people's uh, kind of like signal to, to you know start a new uh, ki- like start fresh whatever but uh, unfortunately the calendar changing dates doesn't really have a lot of real world impact nay <laughs> and especially when we're ushering in a new president uh, not just in like any other normal election mm-hmm. like this was one is particularly insane and so I If anyone really thought that it turning to January 1st, 2021 was going to change anything,
1: I don't know what to tell you. What I will say is you can have resolutions at any point in in the year. Yeah. Uh, It does not have to be new year, new me. It can be new year, same me. And then three months later, it's new me. That's or, totally or just like
0: additional things to current me or yeah. just like personal growth i think entering a new year with a growth mindset is very productive but wow. i think thinking that like the world around you is gonna change is uh you're i think you're setting yourself up for disappointment personally. did you learn all of
1: those methods of philosophy at your university the university of southern california
0: no i did not
1: uh fight on <laughs>
0: This, sure, I believe in personal growth in New Year's, but all I've done since the New Year is I watched all of Bridgerton. Incredible.
1: And then obviously, like, the, the last movie of 2020 that I think I saw was, like, Soul i still Um, haven't seen it a brilliant movie not for kids (laughs) (laughs) not for kids unless you want to send a six-year-old into like an existential Uh, i was gonna
0: ask is it because it's depressing or because they just won't get it
1: um they just won't understand it and i don't think it has enough like funny like ha 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 moments Mm -hmm. for a kid to be like entertained long enough yeah um my nephew though got it how old is your nephew well he's eight Okay. No, he's seven. No, he's eight. He's between seven and eight or above seven (laughs) or under eight. Somewhere around there. So that would still be between seven and eight. Between seven and eight. Seven, eight, nine. So. (laughs) Maybe he's 10. No, he's 10. Is he 15? No. (laughs) (laughs) So my nephew, Uh he totally understood it. He was like, he was like, you know, the meaning of life. Like you can have your purpose, but it doesn't have to be like the thing that you, that's like worth living. It can just be, like, your passion. Like, I'm passionate about, like, Pokemon cards. (laughs) But that's not, like, my reason for living. But I don't need to, like, be a Pokemon (laughs) to be happy. I don't need to be the very best that no one ever was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do i, do I smell a song <laughs> to catch them Ooh. is my real test to train them is my heart. Pokemon. yeah so he like does all these like pokemon trading card like he calls them like pulls okay he, like pulls something like good it's like ow it's like worth um <laughs> it's like worth money like, uh, like my brother used to know. like
0: compete in
1: tournaments like we would i remember would go to the thousand oaks mall
0: Yeah, yeah yeah for sure and he would like sit for hours and fucking play cards with
1: other kids to like earn
0: badges and shit. Yeah, you like I, but... something
1: happens, but basically his entire room is just chock full of like these Pokemon cards. Which, it. by the way, shameless plug, he has a YouTube channel. <laughs> i think it's called jordan j plays and it's okay. literally just like a little mexican child on like one of those pokemon that's his like logo so i love that go check that did you make his logo for him i did not oh wow <laughs> damn uh, monica says no <laughs> Listen, speaking of, uh go check out our website, go check out our Instagram. Yeah. If you might notice we look different.
0: We look a little different.
1: Not the same.
0: Not me and Monica. The no.
1: artwork. <laughs> no, we definitely look the same. The artwork looks different. Yeah. So um enjoy that. Enjoy it. Uh, we Monica slaved over it. <laughs> I
0: mentally screamed over it. But I th- I'm I love it. You, it's great. Feel?
1: I feel I feel pretty Oh, so pretty. so pretty! I feel pretty and witty and I'm oh, sorry. In in, in anger, the seminal classic film "Anger Management." Yes. He goes pretty and witty and gay. <laughs> uh, and here we go. Here we are. So, do you have any additional thoughts about 2020 going into 2021? Uh, no, I just th-
0: uh, i this this year is obviously still going to be a hard one. Like, mm-hmm. so, sorry for. Truth time, friends, it's still going to be a hard year because Truth COVID time. is still not done. We're transitioning into a new presidency. Like, shit's going to be a little rough still. Yeah, it's gonna There's be still time that we have to wait before we can all get vaccines. If you're getting the vaccine, I'm not going to say my opinion
1: on this. <laughs> I'll be getting the vaccine. And I'll be getting the vaccine. And everyone we know is going to be getting the vaccine. So maybe think about it. Yeah. Um. There's
0: still going to be time to wait. So I do think that like
1: if you're in a
0: position where you're like, I want 21, 2021 to be way better than 2020. I really think you have to look internally. And it's about, um, you know what you can control personal growth doing Mm -hmm. things that make you feel good and trying to put as much effort into like feeling as good as possible
1: in like the confines of what's going on totally is there any sort of like trend that you want to see happen in 2021 a trend a trend yeah predict a trend something positive something negative something scandalous something truthful something (laughs) saucy something spicy go for it (laughs) give us a trend
0: (laughs) um I I don't know if like any specific trend, like I don't know if I want to see any more like bread baking. I don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My waistline does not want to see any more
0: bread baking. But I know that like I personally, I was discussing this with my therapist and I think my 20, I don't have like quote unquote resolutions, but something I'm putting a lot of like effort towards is actively like addressing my own insecurities Mm. and spending time Just like trying to get through those in any way. And that doesn't mean like exercising more or whatever. It means like doing the things that you know will make you feel best about yourself, whatever that means for you. Right, right. And I think not labeling it, like not labeling specific actions to do quite yet is um, like it keeps people more positive. That's good shit. I I don't want to see any more of this shit where it's like my resolution is I'm going to lose all my quarantine weight. I'm going to whatever it just like do shit that makes
1: you happy and end of story i I would like that
0: that to be a trend
1: (laughs) trend setting 2021 um i really i really want to see more of these like really cool indie films coming out of like everyone's sort of desperation for creating more i think it's really fucking sick that we're sort of like seeing um, you know, not as much pomp and circumstance around specifically for, like films coming out or like you know blockbusters and and whatnot. It's actually been really fucking. It's it's been a huge relief, which is a very unpopular opinion. And people love the pomp and circumstance <laughs> of like going to the movies, which is totally fine. I'm just really happy that like I'm able to, I'm able to watch movies that aren't necessarily the ones coming out like at the fucking arc day and AMC. I'm yeah. able to like I have the time to like watch other films that i would have otherwise neglected to see yeah because there's so much pomp and circumstance surrounding the release of films yeah um and it's it's been nice it's a trend that happened in quarantine i hope that it continues outside of of quarantine into 2021 so that's my personal trend yeah and uh here we go so this is going to be the first uh the first daddy first daddy the first daddy of uh and it's going to be a meryl straheep tell us a little bit about our girl meryl all righty guys so let's
0: hear it for the queen daddy the daddy who was so good we had to wait until 2021 to cover her (laughs) the like literally untouchable meryl streep mary louise streep <laughs> AKA Meryl Streep is an American actress and singer, often described as the best actress of her generation, but we like to say of all time because let's be honest, she's of all time. One of, of time. the best actresses of all time. Yeah. Meryl grew up in Basking Ridge, New Jersey, and only became interested in acting seriously when she attended Vassar College for her undergraduate degree, where she developed an early ability to mimic accents and dialects and quickly memorize her lines. Damn, Meryl did you know i only
1: applied to vassar because Meryl went there you know that you this is a, actually a fun fact very <laughs> very brief segue i only i, I got in by the way it's fine it's fine uh I only applied to Vassar because I heard it mentioned once on Gilmore Girls and that's what I wrote my essay about. Oh my god. Actually, I will literally pull it up and show you. I,
0: I only applied because Meryl went there and I got in and I almost went. And then I was like, Do I want uh, to spend my entire undergrad in Poughkeepsie in a no, class of the like answer is no. Two no. thousand.
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> um I uh deaf I literally only applied to it because I was fortunate enough to have like fifty thousand free vouchers and I was like, Why the fuck? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Why wouldn't I apply to every college on the planet? (laughs) Uh, So yeah, anyway.
0: Anyway, so she went on to attend the Yale School of Drama where she appeared in so many productions per year she became overworked, developed ulcers, and nearly quit acting to become a lawyer. I want Meryl Streep to represent me in my divorce. Represent? (laughs) um streep's theater career took off when she moved to new york in 1975 where she starred in many plays both on and off broadway eventually winning an obie award a drama desk award nomination and a tony nomination jesus fuck in 1977 she made her feature film debut in julia but it wasn't until her supporting role in 1978's the deer hunter a role she got because robert de niro saw her in a play which is
1: just insanity imagine
0: the fucking luck god so it wasn't until that that her career really took off since then, Streep has become acting royalty. She holds oh. <laughs> she holds the record for the most Academy Award nominations of any actor with 21 nominations and 3 wins. She also holds the record for most nominated performer in the Golden Globe Awards history with 33 nominations and 9 wins. She has also received the Cecil B. DeMille Award for lifetime achievement and the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Obama. And finally, she is the literal daddy mom do four children i want to be
1: meryl streep's <laughs> son honestly <laughs> i want to be meryl streep's son is it cecil or is it cecil i think it's cecil i also think it's cecil but i'd like to challenge that and say it's also cecil
0: i've heard people say cecil before i've heard people say cecil i, I m- when i see that name it's most commonly pronounced cecil. when i see it
1: i just think suddenly cecil so <laughs> you know suddenly cecil beep. beep, beep. <laughs> standing beside me. Me, me, me.
0: <laughs> There's so much music uh, in this episode.
1: I know, it's a musical <laughs> rich episode. It reminds me of like the thing that I say when Aaron's talking too much when my husband's talking too much. I go, all I hear is me, 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 me. Instead of like you know in Charlie Brown, it's the teacher's like wah 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 wah. wah. I know it's way more high pitched and annoying than that. It's you're like you're
0: like that Muppet. Me, 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 me,
1: me. What's his name? Beaker? I don't know. Beaker. <laughs> yeah, it's like that, but but like just a lot more like tinny and disgusted. <laughs> um, all, right. all right. Oh, oh. Jinx, Mama. Jinx, thou owes me a soda. Oh, okay. What kind do you want? I don't know. We're in my... <laughs> <laughs> um, alright first film y'all know it y'all love it I'm just gonna get into it Kramer vs. Kramer uh, came out in 1979 directed by Robert Benton screenplay also by what do you know Robert Benton hell yeah based on the novel Kramer v. Kramer by Avery Corman it won the 1980 Academy Awards for Best Picture Best Actor in a Leading Role for our boy Dusty Hoff mm-hmm. Best Actress in a Supporting Role for our girl Marille, uh Best Director and Best Writer Writing Screenplay based on material from another medium, which we have now discovered, I think is just best adapted screenplay.
0: screenplay. Much easier, concise way of saying best writing screenplay based on material from another medium. Which is just
1: so fucking stupid. (laughs) The intern who came up with that title is like reeling. Uh, a little bit about the film. On the same day, Manhattan Advertising Executive Ted Kramer, played by Justin Hoffman, lends the biggest account of his career. He learns that his wife, Johanna, played by Meryl Streep, is leaving him and their young son, Billy, played by Justin Henry. Forced to raise his son alone, Ted loses his job but gains a stronger relationship with the child uh, with the help of another single parent, Margaret, played by Jane Alexander. When Joanna returns to claim custody of Billy, the ensuing court battle takes a toll on everyone involved, slash <sighs> concerned, slash around. It's really just fucking cataclysmic in yeah. general. What, Like, what a movie. As all divorce is. Let's just start by giving a little bit of background. This movie, I love this movie because mm-hmm. it does not choose sides. It is very relentless rel- relentless in its pursuit of making you see all the moving parts and all of the character flaws mm-hmm. and Meryl Streep is not in a ton of this movie. <laughs> we, no, but the parts that she's in, saying, she really just like, oh, <gasps> uh, she really just fucking smacks you in the face, punches you in the fucking vagina. Like that's just what happens. <laughs> um, and she is just so fucking incredible in this movie, despite the fact that I think maybe calculatively she's in like a third of this film.
0: Yeah, because she's in terms of time in the movie, she's gone for a
1: year and a half. Something like that. Something like that. Something close to that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is is sort of just giving you a little bit of if you've never seen this movie, you have to watch it because it is an incredible account of like making sure that every single adult character in this film is grossly flawed and has selfish intentions and is a bad a a, a bad person and a good person there Mm -hmm. is no there really is no like right and wrong it's all like everyone's fucking up everyone's making mistakes everyone's doing it for the wrong reasons and no one focuses on the kid we see a lot of like hollywood movies around hollywood films around this time (laughs) focusing on specifically the kid and the kid's point of view yeah this is sort of the opposite of that because you see the kid as a victim you don't see them as like the hero of the story Mm -hmm. who like gets their parents back together you know the the very like (laughs) not parent trap right so it's (laughs) just like it's just very it's a very realistic account of like the absolute brutality that is divorce um you know jessica's popular quote Kramer versus Kramer uh, ran or walked, walked so that Marriage story could run. <laughs> Honestly, though, no. um, which is absolutely <laughs> true. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just a brilliant in my eyes. I've seen this movie a million times, and every single time, I just think that like they've done a brilliant, brilliant job yeah. of making sure that every single person in this movie is flawed and has intentions that are not always great. And we stand that we truly stand that
0: yeah i had i had never seen this movie movie before um i had always wanted to and was just like when will i ever be in the mood to watch a painful divorce movie because like my parents got divorced and it very much came down to like me and my brother being pulled in different directions so i was like i don't know if i'm ever gonna want to watch this but honestly it was so incredible and i cried the entire time oh yeah it's just like I I love it so much for a lot of different reasons. First of all, I love that it's short. Oh my
1: God, yeah. A
0: movie like this dragging on for two and a half hours would have fucking murdered me. Oh yeah. But it's like an hour and a half. It's quick, it's sharp. It gets you right, like literally Two minutes into the movie, Meryl Streep leaves. Yeah. You, it opens on her gathering her shit so that she can leave. And the thing that is really brilliant, and I can't even put my finger on like how they did this exactly, I mean, obviously it comes down to acting, um, in, for most of it at least, is that when she's leaving you don't know why she's leaving but you also like aren't mad at her
1: (laughs) no no absolutely you're not not
0: mad at her at all because you can kind you can tell just by looking at her face that like it's it's justified and that there was never going to be a good time for this to happen it she just so happens to do it on a day that's really bad because her husband has just gotten like the promotion of his His life dreams or whatever yeah
1: exactly Um, Totally. And to add to that, because I think that's a brilliant point. um, We sort of sympathize or not necessarily sympathize, but we don't feel anger towards Meryl Streep's character at first. A, because she's, she's fucking acting it so brilliantly. And like, just, she's just, she's like an internal fire. Like she's Mm -hmm. not like fucking going crazy because she knows that she doesn't need it. Like she knows it just doesn't need to be this whole big thing. She's just calculatively, calculatively packing up her things and like walking away. Mm -hmm. And and something that you see is, you know, I think the day after, sometime after she leaves, Dustin Hoffman's character is really struggling to get yeah. his kid to school because he's been almost like an absent father um and like ob- he's there but he's not there. yeah and obviously an absent husband yeah very obviously an absent husband and he literally has to stop in the car and i just remember watching this scene and just literally like under as an audience member really fundamentally understanding what was going on the yeah. second he asked his son he's down the car and he asked his son he goes what grade are you in mm-hmm. and that sort of just like really solidified for me okay i understand why uh meryl streep's character is now like totally fucking gone yeah like, i get it though yeah i completely understand and it does not excuse it whatsoever but you understand where the intention was coming from
0: yeah no absolutely and another thing that i really appreciate about like how this movie gets into the i mean i want to call it action and it's not like an action, action film but you know what i mean like yeah when the shit starts happening mm-hmm. um is that like you don't waste time like, they don't waste time getting us to like fall in love with this family as like a unit or with Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep as a couple. That's not important because what the film is dealing with is is loss in in a certain way yeah and there it's not useful to anybody specifically for the audience to see like this happy family unit or to see what they were like beforehand because it's it's not about that it's very much about like current circumstances and dustin hoffman like he doesn't say it exactly like that but he references a few times like I just have to like kind of get from day to day because whether or not I can apologize to her or make things right, these are the circumstances we're in right now. Exactly. Um, and I, I just, I really, really appreciate that as sort of a storytelling technique because I feel like a lot of films, especially more modern films, kind of waste time with all of this like fringe shit that doesn't
1: matter. Absolutely. And I think that's that's a brilliant point. And I think that the, what this movie is is. <laughs> everyone is a child in this movie yeah right so it's like there is no stereotypical like the kid is sad and the parents realize oh we're doing this to the kid and we should probably learn to get along it's no the santa claus you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) what what this is is everyone is a screaming petulant child everyone is unhappy everyone is in ego like egotistical everyone's selfish everyone's Hurt. Like this, this shows everyone as like a screaming child. And spe- going back to sort of just specifically Meryl, like. Yes, she's only in about a third of this film. But the reason why we chose this film for Meryl Streep is because of her absolutely impeccable and like transcendent yeah. performance when she's on that stand and she's giving that f- uh. famous speech. You completely forget that this is Meryl Streep up there, y- Yale drama graduate Meryl Streep mm-hmm. up there. You think no, that's Joanna. Like I yeah. see that completely, um, and I know that you you might think you might think to yourself like. Well, that's her fucking job. YDP her. Yes, but sometimes it's really difficult to 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 connect those two. Mm-hmm. Right? It's really difficult to get a performance out of an actor that feels truly authentic and transcendent as, as at the same time. Right? That's really fucking difficult, and she nails it in this film.
0: Yeah, I like she's just one of those people that like embodies her character and the story in every way and like even as I'm saying these things it's all I, I feel like I'm not expressing enough how, how, how not. good she is at doing it you just have to like you just have to watch it because it's like it's like she has this like slow burning flame in her all of the time all the time just it's never feeding off. this truth and it's like everything is organic and she's so good at like it's almost like
1: infuriating how good she is kind of it's kind of maddening yeah yeah
0: because you're just like how the fuck do you do it because it seems so truthful it's not even something she's doing it's just who she is absolutely and i do think that like seeing who she is and like as a real person in real life as meryl streep the icon like meryl's one of the least problematic people fuck yeah ever absolutely you know so like it really does cross over into who she is as a real person and so that just kind of goes to the point that there really can't be anyone else like meryl because it's not just about acting technique it's about like who she
1: literally is precisely Wow, authenticity baby (laughs) we fucking love this movie
0: yeah and and also just even though they're not together for very much of the movie seeing how she connects with dustin hoffman with so little screen time is just makes it like that
1: oh much my more impressive. God it yeah. is maddening. First of all, this is you know, obviously this is about Meryl. But yeah. Dustin Hoffman, this is some of the best acting I've mm-hmm. ever seen him do yeah. in my life. Yeah. In my life. I I cried so much
0: watching him with that fucking kid. Oh, like Billy. <laughs> Oh my God! That scene where like he's talking to Billy about how his mom is going to get custody, and Billy starts Ugh. crying, and he's like, "Does that mean you're not going to tuck me in at night? You're not going to oh kiss my me goodnight God. every night?" Oh my God! And. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman's like trying not to cry and I'm fully crying oh I'm fully he's like no he's like no I'm not gonna kiss you goodnight every night mommy's gonna do that but Mm -hmm. I'll see you every weekend
1: and you're just like oh my god it's not enough (laughs) I know but at the same time you're like oh I'm so conflicted because yes it is enough (laughs) that's all you can give him yeah it's
0: it's really it's really 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 tough but then like the one the the best moment to me in the entire movie um is also like one of the most human moments and it's when they're in the courtroom and she's just had her whole speech yeah and the her ju- most the, the the lawyer the prosecution attorney is trying to basically get her to admit that she has not been the best mother mm-hmm. that she could have been and that billy was not her priority mm-hmm. which like she left and therefore he wasn't in a way i mean she, in in her mind she didn't believe she was a good enough mother and therefore she was doing what was best for him right but like from an outside perspective a mother leaving a child is not considered the best parenting
1: (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so
0: like she's sitting there crying because she doesn't want to like say the words that the prosecution attorney is trying to get her to say and dustin hoffman just like stares at her and he's like tearing up and she's tearing up and he basically just mouths like like it's okay because at the end of the day they are united in this one fight of like doing what's best for their child
1: which it took them a while to get there by the way it took them a fucking while to get there because again you have two you have two incredibly selfish egotistical people Mm -hmm. who are very unhappy for very different reasons right and for them to find some common ground while still seeing sort of like you can literally see like the pain and the hurt in both of their eyes but them like somehow acknowledging just through their fucking eyes that like it's all fine and they're gonna be united on this single front Mm -hmm. is just insanity yeah like how the fuck do you capture that on
0: camera yeah exactly and the added layer of like of like societal commentary as well about like what mothers were supposed, what mothers are supposed to be in general, but especially like during this time, divorce was becoming more popular during this time. So like, seeing a divorce story wasn't necessarily rare, but seeing a story where like the mom leaves is rare. And then the dad gets parenting help from like a platonic female friend. That mm-hmm. was really rare. So like this story was very cutting edge in a lot of ways. And so to have all these layers of like the story and the relationship, but also like the real world commentary, it's just, it's such, it's such a fucking good movie. It's and the so performance good. is like, it's unbelievable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is me clapping from a rule. Um, It is a brilliant film. Please go watch it. If you... You know what? If you've seen A Marriage Story on Netflix, Mm -hmm. um, find this... I forget what streaming platform it's currently on. I think we watched it on... I think it's HBO. HBO. Um, Please just go watch it. I think it's a great film to watch. It's not... The honest truth about about this film is it's not that sad. It's more tragic than it is sad. It's, It's just like it makes you sad to
0: watch human emotion and in that sense it is sad but it's one of those movies that
1: just really
0: makes me love movies
1: absolutely and it's it's a it's a i was gonna say it's a quick read it's a quick (laughs) uh watch it's an hour and a half just about and um if you watched A Marriage Story, I highly implore you to sort of like see where it got some of its roots. Just watch where it kind of came
0: from and got a lot of its influences. I mean, I don't know if Noah Baumbach uh, directly was like watching it and was like, I'm going to make this movie. But there are a lot of parallels and it might be a fun thing to, you know, watch *Grammar versus Grammar* and then watch Marriage Story or vice versa. So do that. <laughs> so now... We move to argue, not arguably factually, the saddest of, the, of all the films we're going to talk me, about. Me, me, oh no! Me, 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 me. <laughs> um, so this movie is Sophie's Choice. Came out in 1982. Directed by Alan J. Pacula, screenplay by Alan J. Pacula, based on the novel Sophie's Choice by William Styron, won the Academy Award for Best Actress in a Leading Role. Tim Meryl Streep. Obviously. I believe her second Oscar. I think so, yeah. So a little bit about the film. Stingo, what a name, played by <laughs> <I> P- <know. laughs> Peter McNichol, a young writer moves to Brooklyn in 1947 to begin work on his first novel. As he becomes friendly with Sophie, played by Meryl Streep, and her lover Nathan, played by Kevin Kline, Incredible. I so love him good. in this movie. It was his so first good. movie. He's so good. Guys, guys. <laughs> ASMR. He's so good in
1: this movie. He's just so
0: good. It's his fir- literally first movie and he's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he learns that Sophie is a Holocaust survivor. Flashbacks reveal her harrowing story from pre-war prosperity to Auschwitz. In the present, Sophie and Nathan's relationship increasingly unravels as Stingo grows closer to Sophie and Nathan's fragile mental state becomes ever more apparent. <sighs> what a film. I will start off by saying this film is too long.
1: <laughs> yes. This film is too long. One of my biggest pet peeves on God's green and blue earth is when a movie is too long long because it it ruins a fundamental part of the movie
0: i think that there are some movies that can be really long and do great um (laughs) yes like i don't think the godfather was too long no
1: but you know what movie (laughs) was too long the wolf of wall street that movie was too long that movie needed (laughs) to be like 45 minutes every time
0: i watch that movie i'm like doesn't feel like it's almost three hours long it feels Um, fast to me
1: the last act is crazy (laughs) (laughs)
0: To each their own. (laughs) Sophie's choice is long, especially because of the storytelling technique that they employ with the narration of the flashbacks. I think that they could have cut back on some of this flashback Situation. All right, you know what?
1: Let us just call it what it is. This movie is a fucking slog. Okay, <laughs> yeah. it is a fucking sludge to the mind. But like I, but it's really good. It is worth yeah. the slog. Yeah. If you only plan on watching it once in your life, which much like Schindler's List, you really should just <laughs> watch it once. You you have and to, and to remember it forever. Well, especially because you
0: hear Sophie's Choice referenced so often. You people will just be like, "That's a real Sophie's Choice." And now that I've seen the movie, I was like, "I'm like that." Is is not a sophie's choice sir sophie's choice excuse me (laughs) nothing except the literal sophie's choice you choosing between a
1: chicken macada and a a lasagna is not a sophie's (laughs) fucking choice
0: (laughs) if you haven't seen the movie spoiler alert the real sophie's choice is She's in Auschwitz, and she has to decide which of her children will go to a labor camp and which one will go to the, the, to the gas chamber. Literally, death. She is being forced to choose, or all of them die. Yeah. And so she she has to choose, and she chooses her son to stay to to live, and it's sad.
1: So sad. Which, when you break down that choice, it says a lot. You know, that time period it was very specific and men were considered a little bit more Well, that
0: and also like who is more likely likely to to survive. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So like when you when you take into account sort of all of the different Mm -hmm. and then like he would probably carry like the the name family name. Really when you talk about like a legacy, you cannot fault her, sort of like starting from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. You cannot fault this woman for choosing for making what is considered to be an impossible decision. So let's just start yeah. there. If you had to dissect the
0: decision, she may, I don't want to say she made the right choice, but she made an informed
1: decision. Absolutely. It was definitely, inf- it, it was, it was an informed, impossible mm-hmm. s- decision. basically. Yeah, because
0: also the son is a little older exactly. as well. And so more likely to be considered like an asset at the camps mm-hmm. and probably survive, mm-hmm. et cetera, any cetera. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so her performance in this movie um my god i think that this performance is meryl's most
1: transformative performance oh absolutely with with specifically physically physically right i think she's wearing like a flipper she's oh my god like
0: literally so striking in this movie when you see the first like shot of her face because you see her from a little far away at first exactly and then when she actually like comes and introduces herself to stingo And you see her face, you're like, oh my God, because she's like really pale and really blonde, but she has this flipper, aka the teeth thing, she's fake teeth, and it changes everything Everything about about her. her. Back to Monica and my thing about, (laughs) teeth change everything. Teeth change everything everything they can
1: literally be the secret sauce to an acting performance. yeah they can be like the barbecue sauce the a1 yeah. the buffalo sauce but the catsup the ranch <laughs> all of it but you as an
0: actor have to be able to like to not let the teeth wear you yes and Meryl Streep has used a flipper many times and she's incredible at it
1: she's just so good at teeth
0: yeah she's really good at using teeth she she's one of those actors who like you can tell you, I mean, we know she's really good at accents and dialects, but you can tell that she's good at it because she understands, like, the literally mouth. how the mouth works. She
1: literally gets the mouth. Yeah,
0: and she's like, how my mouth
1: moves informs so, so much about my exactly. character. So when you ask Meryl, girl, what that mouth do, she says, <laughs> wins me Academy Awards. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I mean... He's not wrong. So, <laughs> anyway, with this. <laughs> Our sound guys- He's broken.
0: He's having convulsions. If, if we government, it might be because his cries of laughter
1: have uh, broken the soundboard. That's true. <laughs> Aaron, don't cry on the board. Aaron, don't cry on the expensive roadcaster. Yeah, that's right, audience. We use it. <laughs> um, but anyway,
0: she's uh, she's just she's astonishing Mm -hmm. like it's there's no other way to put it she's so incredibly
1: dialed in i'm just like how the fuck do you do it woman so Mm -hmm. jessica i have a i have a good question for you in relation to sophie's choice okay because meryl's performance in this movie uh, you you said it and i also agree Mm -hmm. is probably in our opinion the most transformative role that she has done correct um and uh, what i'm what i want to ask you is for those of you who don't know mm-hmm. jessica's an actor <laughs> <laughs> she went to the university of southern california and received a degree i did a buffa or a bu? uh a buh a just, buh. just a buh i didn't care to join the cult of buffa uh the, no, yes it <laughs> she she uh received a buh in yeah. a theater arts i believe yes correct, correct? Yeah. um and so you are an actor she, by yes, definition correct um how do you think she does it i don't fucking know
0: (laughs) like i i like i can't tell you this is one of those things where like i mean i didn't i didn't go to the yale school of drama i don't know the crazy (laughs) shit that they inject into those people who are able to come out of there and Mm -hmm. do what they do
1: yes it is it's
0: just like it has to come from somewhere so deep within because when you look at her she's not even trying
1: no, she's really fucking. She's not.
0: not thinking about the lines that she's saying because she's already thought about them a million times. And now they just like live within her. And that i've I've never reached that place ever wow. and making an effort to try to reach that place. It feels futile because even thinking about, like, I need to try to do this Mm -hmm. feels impossible because it just kind of has to happen. There's no way for me to describe it other than it just has to, like, live within you so that you can live, in quotes, on camera. So you can live the fourth. So that
1: that someone (laughs) can capture it. I did not go to Catholic school, by the way. I did not. Okay. I don't even know what that means. That was an inside joke. I don't <laughs> I even know what that means.
0: So Aaron and I, our sound guy, we went to Catholic school. We went on this retreat. They told us to live the fourth. <laughs> and prior to recording, we were discussing this notion of living the fourth, which I don't even fucking remember what the fourth is. It's some sort of like 10. What What do we. What it's it like called? the 10 commandments, but there's only four commandments. It's <laughs> some sort of like, like these mantras. They gave us like four mantras. And the last one was like live, live the, the fourth. fourth.
1: Live, live the, the fourth, fourth one, but
0: I don't remember what the fourth one is. So whatever. it's like
1: pray the first, <laughs> dick around with the second, fuck around with the third, okay. and then live yes, the it's fourth because
0: it's referring to the four days that you're there.
1: Oh. And on the fourth day, you something live. something something. You live the first three that you found out that you discovered on the way. I wish I knew what they were instead of just
0: fuck all the second or whatever. I mean, I wish I could Google it, but Kairos is a very secret retreat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, enormous sidebar. If you have not seen, yes, come sorry, yes, God, yes, yes, um, it is an incredible like little indie film starring one Nancy Dryers, I believe her name is from Stranger Things. Yeah, um, I don't know her actual name. I'm sorry and I've only seen one <laughs> season of Stranger Things so I can't even really call myself a fan but she's very good in that movie and it's a great I, I want to
0: watch it now
1: uh but back to Marul, yeah, thank you for thank you for answering that question it, I was just yeah. truly wondering
0: I It, that's why I think that's what I mean when I say I watch her performance and I get mad because it's like you can't describe to someone how to do that.
1: They just have to know. It's like a secret. Like it's like a a lock with no key.
0: They just have to fucking know or they have to be taught how to know. And I don't know how you do that. It's, uh, it's like when I watch her, it's almost like, why even try? Because you can't, you can't touch that. You cannot touch that performance in Sophie's Choice. It's just, unbelievable and but that's also not just for her like kevin klein's performance is unbelievable i cannot believe he was not nominated for an oscar for this he he, like every performance in this movie is quite frankly
1: haunting
0: yeah and they just feed off of each other so well
1: yeah i one of the things that i love about meryl in this film is it, it reminds me of no other film role ever Like, period. I mean, this film is very much unlike any other film. Exactly. Um, And with this this film, she's, again, talking about that transformation, she transforms into a character that is happier and, I mean, which is hilarious to say, but in the, you know, throughout the film, I mean, and, like... And, like, more, like, more, like, seductive and, yeah. like, more carefree and, like, just, like, very. And, and you, you really can only describe it as, like, she plays, like, a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. um, And obviously, like, shit hits the fucking fan. <laughs> yeah. But it's just so interesting to me because Meryl usually takes on these, like, really, like, visceral roles or, like, really specific, almost character roles. Like, she's taking on, like, someone else's like someone else's life obviously but like with this one she's just sort of like transforming into this like average like happy beautiful young woman who is just going through this like time period of her life and like meets these like men who Mm -hmm. are like who have like different um like who cast like kind of very different spells on her. Yeah. And it's just so interesting to watch her as that character interact with the other characters in the film and how like, and like the subtle changes that happen when, when she does interact with them.
0: Yeah, well, she's such an enchanting woman. Like Sophie, the character is so enchanting. But you would never know. I mean, you know that there's, like, stuff going on in the background. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you first are introduced to her and Nathan, they're having a fight. Yeah. Um, a pretty explosive fight. And so you know that some things, like, uh, that everything on the surface isn't as it actually is. Um But she is just she's very enchanting and you would never know that she has all of this, all of this trauma. But I think that that's what makes it so much realistic, because a lot of the times we as people don't just fucking carry our trauma around on our sleeves like we do in ways that they inform who we are Mm -hmm. as people. But it's not like we're walking around with our stories, just like screaming them. And I think that's what I love so much about her in this role is because she has so much that can weigh her down as a character character. And as a person but she knows exactly when to amplify like little parts of what's inside of her because she knows that real people don't fucking walk around like
1: yelling and screaming always at yeah. a 10
0: about like the shit the baggage that they have
1: well this movie obviously is greatly about like choices yeah some of them like stupid and like you know kind of whatever and then others like incredibly grave and like very tragic mm-hmm. um and i i Love what you just said because she makes the conscious choice to like be a different person yeah like she makes the choice to not always live with like her unhappiness and to always live with like this more severe choices that she has to make she sort of like moves about the world choosing to be normal and choosing to you know walk around like walk around the earth and interact with the other people in her life and like not have it you know not have her like you said always be at a 10 yeah um and i love that i love that in this movie and just sort of like going back to like her mouth um <laughs> uh, her fucking accent i think it's like she's hungarian it's right? like a, yeah but like a hungarian accent polish accents one of yeah. those countries. she's polish or hungarian but she speaks german um and the accent is incredible oh, it, it's so it's fucking good. actually <laughs> it is actually incredible yeah. i i have never heard because let, let's be honest Some of the actors that put on these accents for various films, whether or not they win Oscars, whether Mm -hmm. or not they're acclaimed, whether or not they're, you know, blockbusters, some of their accents are not that great
0: <laughs> no or they're just like worn as an even if they're really good sometimes they're just like an accessory
1: yeah they're an accessory or you can tell that they have to work really hard to yeah, get there and that they're thinking about it um that none of that is the case for Ms. maryl no none of that <laughs> no <laughs> absolutely none of that it's, it is a gorgeous it's so organic gorgeous authentic accent i'm over the moon about it <laughs> yeah um but anyway these are my thoughts about maryl on uh in Sophie's choice.
0: Yeah, I think I think my like closing thought about the movie and about her is that what she does best in this role is expressing her pain and her struggle when asked to because, you know, ultimately Stingo asks her about her past and so she does Absolutely. reveal it to him. She is able to express those things without asking for pity Mm -hmm. or about being a pitiful character. She so badly doesn't want people to cry over her and baby her and say, you know, like, poor you, Sophie. You know, whether she talks about her past or not, she owns... I'm not going to say she owns her mistakes because they're not mistakes, but she owns what her story is. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't talk about it because one, she's ashamed of the choice that she had to make. And also because she just wants to fucking like move on. She wants to live without this past following her. And that's why I do think it comes down to a choice of living or dying and ultimately dying because there's no way she's going to be able to carry on with her life with like forgetting what happened in the past. Absolutely. And it's just too much to to handle like uh, honestly shocking that her character didn't die sooner (laughs) i know it just because the one thing she had to hold on to was nathan Mm -hmm. and then when nathan's identity gets broken down she has she has nothing Nothing. or Or nothing she wants badly enough right
1: nothing nothing that she feels Passionate, passionate enough about to continue living for. Exactly. If
0: that makes sense. Yeah. It's almost like she. It's almost like a, her second Sophie's choice was whether Sophie lives or dies. Yes. And the choice was to die, um in order to just kind of like preserve who she is and like honor her past in a way, because otherwise you would have to pretend it didn't happen, and that's
1: impossible. It's gonna be a no-no. Exactly. So that was sophie's choice and uh (sighs) if you haven't seen it watch it once and then you never have to watch it again yeah but (laughs) but
0: like it is a very depressing movie but i do implore you to watch it just
1: so you can really appreciate that kind that level of talent absolutely absolutely please go watch it We're just saying you never have to watch it again. No. It's not part of the assignment. (laughs) No. It's not part of the assignment. Just do it the one time. Just do it the one time. You'll be done for life. And then you can say that you did it. You can admire the talent. You Mm -hmm. can admire the story and then sort of move on. Yeah. And then like think about it every once in a while. Yeah. You know. And And then then ponder it. But
0: a movie you can watch a thousand times is this next one. (laughs)
1: Oh my God. So we wanted to leave you on a high note, baby, because Jesus fuck. Yeah. Those first two were kind of. Yeah. Yeah it was real life and you know what's not real life this next movie movie. and i will
0: say before we do this this is a two-parter meryl has too many films for us to only do one fucking part indeed so this is a two-parter there will be more but we needed a high note on this end one and i just think oh it's such a good movie go ahead and tell
1: us about it monica all right y'all get ready for this fucking film uh this next film is, of course, Death Becomes Her. Yes. Baby. Came out in 1992. Written by Martin Donovan and David Kep. Directed by Robert fucking Zemeckis, baby. <laughs> uh helen sharp played by the beautiful illuminating goldie Hawn, mm-hmm. a homely novelist <laughs> and madeline ashton played by meryl streep are a beautiful actress are sworn frenemies when madeline steals away helen's surgeon fiance ernest played by fucking bruce willis <laughs> unrecognizably bruce unrecognizably willis. helen spirals into a breakdown Fourteen years later, Madeline and Ernest, now unhappily married, spot Helen at a party looking stunning and oddly young. Helen, seeing how unhappy Ernest, who is now an alcoholic mortuary makeup artist, (laughs) (laughs) is with Madeline, she decides to take him back and together they'll murder Madeline. Madeline, however, won't go down without a fight. And what neither woman realizes is that each of them has taken a potion of eternal life. But living comes at a deadly price. <laughs> oh my God. I want to get Bruce Willis out of the way because if, if anyone is a shining star in this film, it's going to be my boy Bruce. It's
0: Bruce. It's Bruce unlike you've never seen Bruce. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like
1: normal Bruce. He doesn't act like normal Bruce. He is just so, the word I can use to describe him in this film is just fucking delightful. He's like, so delightful. He's so delightful in this film and he, he has serious comedy chops. Yeah, Bruce Willis has, se- one of my favorite movies of all time, is the fifth element. Okay. Um, and I loved him in this movie, like up to par with how I love how much I love him in the fifth element. Huh. He's just he has just such phenomenal comedy chops. Yeah, no, he really brings that like that other thing yes. that you need to get um, this movie to really shine. And he is perfect against two really strong female leads like he really holds his own even though obviously in the film his character is not earnest
0: is like the submissive essentially but (laughs) like he needs to be a strong actor to stand up against them and Mm -hmm. he does such a good job he does
1: such uh he does such an incredible job and um i just wanted to give a quick shout out to my boy bruce Bruce. um r.i.p because hollywood has now made him into this like you know action star and uh he had incredible comedy chops r.i.p to that um (laughs) So in Death Becomes Her, essentially what happens is Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn take this fucking potion. Yeah. If you haven't watched this movie, it's okay. A lot of people have not seen this movie. No. Um, and even if we spoil it for you, it's going to be an incredible it, watch. It'll be an incredible So movie. don't worry about exactly. it. Exactly. And so like what I wanted to get out of the way is they take this potion that essentially turns them into fucking living corpses. Um,
0: given to them by Isabella Rossellini <laughs> wearing the most insane, insane outfit you've ever seen. So, She's wearing this like, halter it's not even it's like a big necklace essentially that's
1: what it is it's like a really huge necklace.
0: necklace made of pins
1: it's bizarre that
0: covers her boobies because she's totally naked and then she's wearing like a wrap skirt and she's the insane. hottest thing I've ever seen. So insane. She and looks she, like, like pricks their fingers and she's like, I am 75 years old. But she, <laughs> but she looks 20.
1: So. <laughs> so, yeah, setting the scene for you there. But they essentially take this potion that turns them into living corpses. And the whole gag of it all is that they're falling apart at the seams. Yeah. So literally not like figuratively, like their emotions. I'm I'm saying yeah. like their bodies are ripping apart, like their their corpses Degrading. Well, because
0: she told them to take care of their bodies and what they didn't understand was if they like getting quote-unquote eternal life doesn't save your body no they will continue living in their minds but like if you fucking kill your body your body will rot like a corpse exactly and so that's
1: what happens <laughs> exactly and so their whole scheme right, right because after they 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 First, they're friends, and then they're enemies, and then they're friends again because they they they're both going to live they forever. They bond over their Why for the fuck? Each other not. Yeah, um, they <laughs> enlist Ernest Bruce Willis, yeah. who is a surgeon who obviously became an alcoholic because Meryl's a fucking asshole to yeah, him. Yeah, conceited bitch Meryl yes, is my is favorite. Meryl, so incredible. um <laughs> And he essentially just, like, keeps up their bodies for a while. Yeah. Not for very long, though. Bless Me, his heart. Because
0: he's supposed to be, like, a revolutionary, like, mortician makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Like, he uses spray paint, which makes the bodies look incredibly lifelike. And mm-hmm. so they set this whole scene about him. Like, he's amazing at it. But he fucking hates his life. And mm-hmm. he's super alcoholic. And Meryl's making his life a living hell. And so he has no desire
1: to, like, do these women any favor. No, exactly. Because both women have ruined his life in a multitude <laughs> of ways. Exactly, yeah. Um But it's just absolutely brilliant how specifically meryl like she you can tell how much fun she is having in this role yeah like you can tell that she woke up every day and went to that set and went i'm having the time of my fucking life uh, uh, yes but i will say asterisk to
0: that i read that once they started doing the special effects work oh god she that said it was grueling. the worst movie she's ever worked uh, on and will never do something like it again absolutely because not. all of the body effects that they have to do were so- all practical that it, it was fucking 1992 yeah. like
1: <laughs>
0: today that would have been e- easy peasy mm-hmm. but then oh my god <laughs> poor women Poor women. poor women having to act through that oh my um god. the
1: special effects in this film though are
0: absolutely <laughs> stunning like i think specifically of the part where goldie gets shot through the this
1: oh my god first of all hilarious so
0: funny <laughs> i loved how that was the one moment where where Ernest uh, Bruce Willis and mm-hmm. Meryl were able to like reunite in their, in their <laughs> no. mission. They fucking hate each other for the entire movie. And then as soon as they shoot Goldie and they think she's dead, they're like, uh, okay, like let's help each other. Let's like get the body out. And is mm-hmm. like being super nice to him, but like
1: Gold- Goldie's alive, but obviously she's fucking alive with yeah. a giant hole in her torso. Yeah. So there's that. Um, <laughs> But it's just a fucking fun movie. There is really nothing else to say besides the fact that Meryl Streep is fully capable of being funny and campy and and a bitch and glorious and playing this like incredibly vain and selfish mm-hmm. and and um totally like like self. What's the word that I'm looking for? Like she's like, oh, self-absorbed. Yes. Um actress like she's fully capable of playing that and she's fully capable of playing that authentically and with enough camp to where the film doesn't feel too like it takes itself too seriously
0: yeah like i think she's a really good this movie is a really good example of like talent like insane talent like that doesn't necessarily have to mean always being in movies like sophie's choice no (laughs) you can lend that talent to other like pure fun roles because like it does take talent to like do do roles like this as well. I mean, it's not nearly on the same plane, right. <laughs> as, but as some of these other roles. but like mm-hmm. you can't just be like you can't be in nothing like you have you have to be good to have comedy chops like that and to work through the special effects and to work through just like the insane camp. It's literally a living dead movie.
1: It is like- hilarious. <laughs> and I-, I recently learned this morning through a variety of, um Vanity Fair article. That it's a queer icon film. Did not know that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that either. Did not, apparently Bruce Willis is a queer icon. Is he? And that's what the, that's what the article said. Oh, okay. Uh, the article is called The Gloriously Queer Afterlife of uh, Death Becomes Her. Yeah. Uh, written by Christy Puchko. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the tagline is 25 years after fizzling out in theaters, just delightfully macabre comedy is a gay cult classic
0: wow i love that there we go i love that i do love that they used goldie hahn and meryl streep as the two people to be in a movie that is like massive commentary about hollywood and society's like obsession with youth Mm -hmm. and
1: which is hilarious taste for aging absolutely (laughs) uh which is funny because meryl has sort of let herself age very gracefully yes and by saying that i don't discount people who do like who do enjoy getting plastic surgery. No, Honestly, like Goldie
0: has had some, exactly. And yeah. we
1: love Goldie. Yeah. So it's really not a testament to like, we prefer one or the other. It's really just like, Oh, these are two different women handling, getting older, very differently. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate, I mean, I fundamentally appreciate both. I really don't care if you stick your face up with, I know it's not Botox. I'm just going to say Botox. Cause yeah, I yeah. don't know what the other like, thing is what called. Exactly. It is. Um, but that is totally fine. And then also aging. I, re- I almost hesitate to say aging gracefully because both things are perfectly fine. I would say aging- Normally, I guess. Naturally. Perfect. Um, Aging naturally versus, you know, not refusing to age, but just like- Making small corrections as you age, taking control of your aging. I um, guess. Yeah. which both are totally fine. I just think that it's very interesting to your point that they chose Meryl Streep, yeah. and Goldie Hawn to play the two women who are essentially supposed to be like whoever the the like quote unquote Hollywood bimbo is at the time yeah. that is like injecting herself with every known substance to man. Exactly, because
0: uh, there's that really the incredible scene where Meryl takes the potion and she's wearing like that like jersey like sweatsuit and she's been in the rain and they tried their best to like really make her look haggard but she still looks fucking great. Incredible. She I know. still looks incredible. And they have her in front of the mirror and it's Ugh. that funny moment where like her butt like perks up and her mm-hmm. they like move her boobs upward and she she looks at herself and she goes, I'm a girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's like holding her neck yeah, it's she's insane like, I like and you're like bitch you you looked amazing 10 seconds ago too um, it's just so funny it's just incredible because one of the last things that I'll say about this film is yeah. it's inspired uh it's absolutely inspired it is fucking whack bananas i don't think anyone but robert zemeckis could have pulled this could have could have pulled a diamond out of a turd as he did with this film um and then the other thing that i will say is it's inspired so many different lukes from various drag queens around the world yes um and has inspired like multiple multiple um i've it's not costumes but just like lukes from uh people on rupaul's drag race so it's just it's a it is, I'm really glad that now it is receiving the love yeah. and care that it deserved in the first place. It's
0: definitely become a cult classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I meant to tell you this, after I watched it, I went online, cause I'm always curious, like if various like movie memorabilia from my favorite, like is like movies are available. Right, right, yeah. And so I Googled this one and um, the vial of like the, the eternal life <gasps> was up for auction, I think like a year ago. And uh, guess how much it, it went for? Two grand. Oh, way
1: more. What? Yeah. Wait, that was my like ball, like outside of the ballpark it went number. For like twenty five thousand dollars. <gasps> Holy shit! The <laughs> starting, it started at like
0: fifteen hundred. I think that was the starting bid, and it went up to like twenty five. I would have paid
1: that. I definitely would have paid that. I
0: would. I, I if I had that piece of movie
1: memorabilia, I don't. <laughs> too fucking funny. If anyone
0: has twenty five grand um, laying around, um, please contact whoever purchased this absolutely. item and get it back
1: uh i know this episode's about meryl yeah. one thing that we failed to mention was oh. robert zemeckis is su- uh, synonymous with one alan sylvestri and the fucking music in this movie <laughs> is so whack the bananas score, it feels very like beetle in a way it which is kind of funny very beetle yeah. it is whack bananas please go on the youtube.com this- and then type in into the search bar um death becomes her score <laughs> and then click on literally any video it's and very
0: strings heavy like the, it's the very like, like plucky the, yeah, like over and like, over again
1: <laughs> it's very fun and like kind of all over the place i love it it's I'm kind a of big like fan.
0: menacing but in like a halloweeny way yeah, in a, yeah.
1: it's menacing in a like a he kind of a way mm-hmm. not necessarily like i'm going to fucking murder you Exa- kind of yeah way. exactly so there we go that was Seth so Becomes Her. <laughs> that was. Um, if it's ever playing at a drive-in near you, go oh, you watch it. you gotta go. They, I've seen it played before a few times, so you gotta go. That was Meryl Streep, baby. Um, we fucking love that, bitch. This was part one. Remember yes. that uh, part two is coming, and Jessica, go ahead and give us the yeah. scoop so, so next thing. week, if you guys want to catch up you know not of any spoilers
0: um next week we're doing the bridges of madison county it's complicated and the iron lady
1: all three different films so so different
0: we're giving you range that's i mean we had to do a two-parter because she's so good in everything
1: she's too much range some might say yeah
0: there's just so so many things she does differently and does well so we really had to like get in there and pick pick but you know yeah i'm excited so excited It's so monica what have you
1: dabbled in my all right girl tell me i wrote down the things i've dabbled in one of my new year's resolutions is to start writing things down more oh, okay. i i pride myself in having a really excellent memory
0: yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but i'm writing things down more uh-huh. so I have dabbled in two things I'm going to share this week. Yes, tell me. The first being Anthony Bourdain. Incredible. I very recently, as in like three weeks ago, had a dream about him. And then for some oh. reason, like God just got very like obsessed. Okay. Again, I've always been really obsessed with Anthony Bourdain. Are as, you a straight male? Uh, no. Because <laughs> they love him. Sometimes I act like one though. So <laughs> um, I'm very obsessed with Anthony Bourdain. Less so about his like i guess like manliness and more so about the fact that his show is fucking intoxicating <laughs> it is a good it's a fucking it's a good, good, good show fucking show yeah um and uh, i recently got his book no reservations okay i'm currently halfway through it it is very man it's a it's a it's a very like a straight white man's account of like the restaurant world which it is totally has. fine um a I- lot I've of swearing it's incredible it's an book. incredible book a yeah. lot of swearing the the um the whole like vibe of the of the book is very like rock and roll like fuck it all you know drugs and food Mm -hmm. (laughs) very like it's it's a very good book yeah um and i'm about halfway through so uh that's my first debut and then my second dabble is um i'm really ashamed to say an amazon addiction i've been ordering a lot of things on amazon um like two dollar things here and there five dollar things here and there monica It's really been a problem. So I'm going to go ahead and ask. Stop paying that man. This is what I'm saying. I don't want to give Jeff Bezos my money anymore. So I'm going to go ahead and ask the audience if you guys know of any good like Amazon alternatives to buying things. I already know. What kind of things do you buy? Etsy's a thing. I buy all kinds of things on Amazon. I buy like phone cases and like lip scrubbers and like containers I, I mean
0: i think the answer to this is instead of searching it on amazon search it in google
1: why well, do the other and then places. the first like five things are like amazon and then it's well, like oh you have to understand it's he's very made hard it to really hard to escape it yeah. right so i'm going to go ahead and ask people if they have any good alternatives to amazon i'd love to hear them i'm already an etsy shopper yeah uh etsy's i will say though Etsy's good for like more like artisan things, yeah. Like I'm looking at and like a gifty things, yeah. Yeah, like I get a lot of my gifts on on Etsy, and like a lot of like my home decor is kind of from Etsy. Like yeah. any picture frames. Um, I recently received a quill as a gift. Ooh, uh, it's for your writing. Uh, for my, <laughs> uh, yes. From <laughs> I'm for going to become down uh, a scribe. Ah. One of my New Year's resolutions this year is to fix my typewriter. first of all i I would like to preface this by saying i don't have new year's resolutions in the sense of like i want to better myself it's more like i have a massive to-do list i need to get done (laughs) and one of the things on the to-do list is getting my my typewriter
0: fixed okay uh because it doesn't does that go along with you trying to write things by hand yeah by
1: hand so (laughs) with your new fixed typewriter i just want to be a scribe i just want to
0: get the facts straight
1: yeah so i just want to be describe <laughs> all of this to say give me alternative sams <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah uh jessica what have you dabbled in
0: um n- uh nothing too exciting i over the holidays i downloaded the zelda game on my nintendo switch i've been playing that
1: quite you a bit. you have a switch yes girl do you have the the one where they make the islands the um the animal animal, animal crossing animals. i do i have an island um let's go ahead and end the podcast here because i'm gonna go ahead and murder you and take your switch with the animal game no get your own switch i don't i cannot justify the price tag for how little i will play it i think you'd play it more than you you would play it more than you think you would because it's that good i'm very obsessed with the sims 4 um i play the sims um Usually oh, shout like- out to my girl eva who makes incredible sims custom oh, content
0: and she's creating a patreon soon so that people can download Ooh. her stuff she it's it's her,
1: her stuff is unbelievable huge huge sims fan i've had every how sims how have we game never discussed this my entire monica life. I, so have i it's the only video game I play. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, you guys
0: need to get a Switch especially because I have one and so we can play together was virtual well, like here's over the, the internet
1: thing. and in person. Over the internet that's interesting. I don't, I've never played the Sims or any other game over the internet. We can't play the Sims. I know you can't. That's not a cooperative. It's not game. a cooperative game. <laughs> that's a game where you wait for things to happen and then they happen. That,
0: that's the only people have asked forever. Like, will you make an online world for the Sims? And the creators are like, no, no.
1: absolutely it not. It would glitch out way too much. That And it's also, it's, I feel it's a very personal game. Oh, it is a very personal yeah. game. I, a lot of my enemies are on the Sims. They all have died. <laughs> I get to kill them how yes. I see fit. How I want to. <laughs> um, anyway, the reason why I'm very jealous of your Nintendo Switch yeah. is because I've heard that Animal Crossing is a lot like The Sims in that you can build things. Um, like, you can build houses. and You like, cannot build houses. Oh. You can... Um,
0: <laughs> edit an island it's not a okay if you really want to figure out how to like hack the game not like literally hack but like figure out the ins and outs of the game you can do some pretty cool stuff but like it's not like the sims it's not like a life-building game you like you create a little island and you harvest things and oh, you, i like, like harvesting you collect seashells and you catch fish and like it's mm. it's a very therapeutic game honestly okay, i want that yeah it's really so i really think
1: you <laughs> (laughs) guys should get a switch um because then we can also play mario kart together on the interwebs mario um here's the thing i currently share like an ipad with my husband Uh um it's like the family ipad it's really more so his sure um i just bought myself an ipad okay (laughs) because i cannot share things with him okay it's impossible so if we get a switch it's really like we're getting two switches well
0: you know the 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 nice thing about the switch is that there are user accounts on it so everything can be kept separate wow. save file however the only thing that is different is on animal crossing you guys can only have one island
1: uh word from our sponsor nintendo <laughs> 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 get the new nintendo switch Lite for only one i'm just kidding don't get the switch Lite. not what? worth it why not, is it not worth the it? whole point does of it come e- out switch
0: is so that you out? can switch around the controllers. You so can't it- play on the TV? No, on then the what's light. The point? <laughs> on the light it's only handheld.
1: Why would they do that? So Why that, would they do so that? that- People who Why? don't spend as
0: much money can play the game. I don't wanna.
1: Well, come
0: <laughs> it <laughs> really on. Is, it, it, it's, it's so fucking worth it.
1: Uh, okay, so instead of giving <laughs> Jeff Bezos my money, I'm gonna reroute my money to the, the Nintendo. Nintendo Corporation. Exactly. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing. There you go, baby. The American dream. <laughs>
0: yeah, really, all I've been dabbling in is playing new games on my Switch because I bought. I, it, Zelda was one of the games that came out with the release of the Switch. I just never bought it because I didn't think it would appeal to me, but I was finally like, you know what, I'm going to do it because people say it's like one of the best video games of all time. And uh, Do I you can, collect
1: like coins? Like what the fuck happens? It's, <laughs> I, can,
0: I can't really describe it to you. It, it's like a... Th- 3D game it's open world but you have it's like quest but it's kind of like it's World of Warcrafty in a
1: way I don't but not like way about better it. I you would What have to is see it in it. relation to The Sims 4?
0: <laughs> it's a very different thing got it okay you fight monsters and monsters. shit monsters monsters aliens but not real life monsters like burglars
1: and things got, it, it, got it like got actual it. monsters um i see not <laughs> monstrous tax <tacks>. correct <laughs> i understand um that was our entire tangent about <laughs> video games i hope you like video game corner with we can have a Sims corner now. Maybe we can like get a new uh, a, a new pod a new Sims podcast. Maybe EA will sponsor us. Yay! <laughs> um okay, we do have a question for
0: this week though. It'll it's a quick question. Oh though. who? Who was asking? So this question, this question from Kemia. Shout out to Kemia. She is a friend of the pod. Kemia. If we lived in an alternate universe in which Daddy Favreau didn't exist, who would this pod be named after? Ready?
1: Yeah. Three, two one Stanley Stanley Tucci Tucci. that is absolutely 100% like (laughs) I don't we need say nothing more I, mean, I really don't think we need. There to justify are, There it. are big
0: daddies like Meryl and things like that, but like Stanley Tucci is the only one who kind of like lights a similar fire.
1: Stanley Tucci is going to with a fucking food show. He has two what cool the fuck?
0: He's going to have a show. Like he makes those cute little videos where he's making cocktails, he makes like Negronis. Uh, it's incredible. Like it's a, that's exactly the vibe that we like. Same vibe. John Favreau started that vibe, or maybe Ooh. Tucci started the vibe. It I doesn't don't know.
1: matter who started the fire. It doesn't the matter. The point is the fire is lit. Everyone's together. Uh, yeah, They're yeah, all yeah. dancing around the fire. They're all catching, <laughs> casting witchcraft spells. Tra- <laughs> (laughs) Carding Tucci's Negronis, playing Yu Gi Oh! (laughs) It's getting really lit down at this bonfire. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, he's the only one with a similar vibe. So, that answers that
1: question. (laughs) That was this week. Uh, welcome back to the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast. Welcome back. Uh, we took the briefest hiatus in the world, which it means was one week. It was just literally one week. But yeah. um, thank you for coming back to the scene. We've got some very exciting daddies coming up.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm real. I'm pretty stoked about the the next few months because yeah. we planned it out in, in quite far quite in, in, advance. in advance.
1: Yeah. Um. And uh, please, please, please do not forget to go follow us um on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Please go to iTunes and give us a
0: rating for the
1: love of god it takes god. you three seconds uh, mm, okay i'm gonna be honest here it's not gonna take you three seconds it'll probably take you about 20 seconds yeah but just go fucking do it Why it's the fuck very not? quick you can you literally i'll tell you what to write yeah right okay give us five stars <laughs> write your name and then in the subject line you write amazing okay. and then in the in the body line like body copy or, or whatever yeah. the fuck you write good and then move on. You write best podcast they have ever heard. Yeah, or yeah. that. One or the other. Really yeah. they're interchangeable. So just go go ahead and do that. Exactly. Um uh please uh, go on our go to our website johnfeverosmydaddy.com, mm-hmm. and submit daddies you're it, you have the power. here. Yeah, I don't know you why you're dictating using this,
0: but we are. We are your gods. But
1: in the words of Key Dollar sign huh we are who we are. So <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Um, thank you for joining us thank on this you. fine, fine day. Thank you. And as always, don't, don't sue us, Daddy Favro. Goodbye, Monica. Goodbye, Jessica.